0: And it is Caracone Carne, uh, sponsored by, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. I'm James Van Osdell. On Grand, outside Upton's break room, where I'm about to eat amazing vegan food with Scary Lady Sarah. DJ, Scary Lady Sarah. Uh, The Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. The car we're in right now, we are in. A gigantic, super safe, super luxurious Mazda CX-9. I've been driving it around for the past couple months. Uh, this car is perfect. I'm in the city. It's a good city car, but it's also good if you want to hit the road, head out somewhere. It's like 60 degrees in Chicago as we're doing this, which is like a 110 degree swing from where it was last week. Uh, great great car to just hit the road, do a little road trip in. Uh, perfectly safe to drive around Chicago. I love it. The Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. DJ, Scary Lady Sarah, are you ready to eat food?
1: I am so ready to eat food. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James
0: Van All right, so we're here. We're outside up to the break room. I want to thank Natalie Slater, uh, our our go-to person, uh, a vegan... Titan uh, in her own right, uh, Natalie for hooking us up at Upton's. She got us all kinds of amazing food tonight, um, and we're we're gonna start busting into it.
1: What I got was kind of a a vegan staple, but I just was in the mood for it. Can um, see, can it. Right?
0: And be careful, this car's a loner.
1: Yeah, that's right here. Wait, <laughs> this is their kale salad with. Um, Oven roasted tofu, I believe. It's really awesome.
0: Hey, the menu is here good, is, is fantastic. fantastic. It's, a, it's a deep menu. They've got a brunch menu for the weekends. Um, Natalie, our friend at Upton's, recommended I get the bacon mac. She said that's like the it's number so cool. one.
1: Well, yeah. Had yeah. Oh, God. Uh, countless times. Countless, countless times. It's so good.
0: And One of the things I'm really excited about, they do a milkshake of the day. And on paper, this one concerned both of us. I think. Yeah, uh, in yeah. reality, this is fantastic. This is a tahini milkshake. Yours has chocolate right. syrup.
1: Yes, tahini with chocolate syrup. It does not taste like sesame seeds. It tastes like halva. Right. If you know what halva is? It kind
0: of. Right. Halva is the, the kind of like Middle Eastern, yes. kind of like sandy tasting. Sandy. Textured. textured yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah <laughs> sesame seed tasting. Uh, but this is sure, a, really a very subtle but sweet. I would have this any day of the week, oh. and it's a soy-based shake, mm-hmm. and it's it's tahini, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah.
1: The other flavors that they've had that I've really loved are, uh, they do a blueberry once in a while, which is fantastic. Their chai ice cream is great. Um, I think she said next week they're doing strawberry, so I'll probably be back next week.
0: All right, well, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, this is the real thing that's so good oh my god all right let's talk about you scary ladies here i mean feel free to bust open food as okay. we do this I, I know you're starving um this is me yeah, I You've... I
1: have kale coming out of my mouth while we're talking but yeah, yeah
0: that's fine oh hang on that looks delicious oh, like can you hold it up yeah. to the uh, camera So this
1: is kale with avocado and say roast toasted um uh, tofu or Look something that like that Mmm. <laughs> It's a meal all right meal. I
0: go ahead and dig in let's talk about you and your history scary lady sarah yes for the uninitiated for people who may not know who you are you are a dj you are a celebrated dj you're a well-traveled dj you are really the quintessential goth dj i,
1: I people have said that about me yes <laughs>
0: now, you started doing nocturna in the late 80s yeah
1: 1988.
0: and, and that's the regular goth night and it's, it's an institution at this point.
1: Yeah, I think after 30 years, that would be considered an institution. Um, uh, I do it now every other month, every, every six to eight weeks, I would say, on a Saturday night at Metro. Um, it's an 18-plus dance night, and it's absolutely a ball. People are the sweetest. We have the best patrons in the city. Sorry to anybody else. And uh, it's just all kinds of dark music. It's primarily a goth night, but I'll kind of pepper in some industrial and some EBM and some new wave. But it's definitely a goth look, feel, and and vibe. And I do um, other club nights that are a little more specific. And I do a night called Le Petit Mort, which is every other month on a Saturday at Demon Tap. And it's a small night, hence the name, um, and it's devoted entirely to goth, post-punk, and death rock that has only been released in, in this century. So anything from the year 2000 to now, which is a pretty wide breadth, 19 years so far, um... Then I do other nights that might be specifically only shoegaze. I have every second Tuesday of the month a night called Shimmer, which we do at Slippery Slope in Logan Square with my co-DJ Philly Peroxide. And then we have Noctronica, which is sporadic, and that's kind of the electronic side of Nocturna. That's only the EBM and industrial music. So Nocturna is a little bit of the all-encompassing something dark for everyone who likes the dark. (laughs) And then there are these more specific nights for people who are really fans of those genres more than the others
0: all right i'm going to give you a tip here when i ask a question that's your cue to eat because okay, I, I i want you to be able to eat food but i also know it's challenging as you're it talking is. to to do this and i'm waving a microphone in your face how are you going to eat this breakfast i'll get there I'll figure it out it's not about me scary lady sarah it's about you so going back to the 80s i mean you were not a kid but you certainly were very young when you started this up how does one start down the path you, you're you on or that you've created?
1: I think, well, I, music has been probably the most important thing in my life that I've considered the most important thing since I, almost since I can remember, since I was, at least since I was like 10. Um, I would fall asleep with the radio under my pillow so my mom wouldn't hear it. I mean, I was absolutely addicted to listening to music anytime I possibly could. And I found the hardcore punk scene, um, and that was my life when I was a teenager in the earlier and mid-80s. And it's a true statement that from my ages of, you know, 13 to 17, a week did not pass when I wasn't at at least one hardcore show in Chicago. So punk rock kind of Led its way into, you know, the post-punk era for me, and listening to, to the, the big bands of the day, like you know, Finding Sisters of Mercy and Bauhaus and Susie and the Banshees, that kind of uh, straddled some punkish, and some darker new stuff, and um, that led towards finding more and more and more music that was less outwardly angry and more emotional. Well, different emotional, but yeah, you know, I, I still love of the day but um goth is where i found uh, myself to feel the most comfortable i fit in for myself mm-hmm.
0: yeah. uh, again keep eating uh <laughs> that that early period uh, the you mentioned sisters of mercy mm-hmm. i mean it, it is kind of like that holy trinity of the early goth uh, bauhaus sisters yeah. of mercy Susie and the Banshees, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it's like the starter kit for Goth, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, And sadly and those bands will always be you know, the great bands that they are, um, but sadly a lot of people kind of stop there and don't delve too much into it and one of the reasons I do the night I mentioned a minute ago that La Petite Mort is because it's, for, for older people especially, it's kind of hard for them to want to hear new stuff i think or to find it again it's and it's a challenge to find this new music because we have all of it at our fingertips with the internet very unlike what it was (laughs) before i mean i had to go to you know wax tracks and record exchange and ask the people working there hey what's new and you know delve into fanzines and things but now you can kind of hashtag goth look up and see but still then to dig through all that and to comb through and find music that is maybe rises above some of the rest of it it's a it's quite a challenge so uh, those early bands definitely made their mark and influence but there's just countless bands that are current and made up by young and old people that are making music that i think fulfills that need for i don't know the dark aesthetic (laughs) the goth thing you know
0: and you said it. this is something i've said for a while too and we're we're totally in lockstep on this Everything ever created is out there to discover. You can find any band, any song you've ever been interested in. You could discover anything. But the hard part for me, and you mentioned people who are getting older and they're kind of you know, stuck with the stuff they grew up with, there's that curation that's missing, that, that curation piece of knowing where to find it. To that end, you know, I, I looked at your Bandcamp page. You curate... <laughs> There are, I mean, dozens of bands. I I, I like to think I'm, I'm plugged into music. There are dozens of bands I've never heard of. And, I mean, that's you. I mean, that's a pretty cool role. And I think it's an important role, especially in the modern day, to identify those curators, those people who understand what you're interested in and who can help guide the way. Right. And
1: and there definitely are uh, a pretty good handful, two handfuls, full of people that I follow, too, for that same reason. And I, I believe that they follow me. For the same reason, too, but um, things like Bandcamp, my favorite thing is to get an email that says, that has that booyakasha. It says, you booyakasha, you made something awesome happen. When somebody finds something on your Bandcamp and then they buy it, are like, oh, yes, that's, that's so fulfilling. Or when I'm DJing in a club and someone comes up and asks, who is this? I tried to Shazam and it didn't show up. You know, And people do, I see them Shazamming on the dance floor while I'm doing that. So they're, they're I discovering it. it. Yeah. They're, I, and, and I absolutely consider myself a curator. For sure. In fact, when people ask me sometimes about Nocturna, which is very, very request driven of all my club nights that I do, it is the most I say that I'm I'm curating this. This is for for the audience, too. It's I you know I have myself indulgent nights when I can play only things that I know <laughs> or very few people. And that's fine. Um, but this is to kind of get get the newer things mixed in with the older and, and get people aware and start to feel comfortable dancing to them. And hopefully the end goal is that they go out and see the bands when they tour and that they actually purchase. I mean, nobody buys music now, but maybe they'll purchase their music on Bandcamp or at least a T-shirt or a sticker or something that's going to support these artists.
0: Or a record that's come back.
1: Yeah, right. Vinyl is very collectible now. I have to admit, um, I have a turntable that I don't have a stylus for, so (laughs) I haven't haven't jumped on it quite yet. Um, My band will be putting out vinyl, so I suppose that I should get that so I can... And
0: and we'll talk about Bellwether Syndicate, uh, your band, which which I love. Um, Thank you. Republic is the the newest song, which is absolutely fantastic. I've listened to it ad nauseum. Uh, (laughs) Keep eating, because as you eat, I'll show off what I got here from Upton's break room. I'm going to open this with one hand. (laughs) <laughs> Which suggested dexterity that few few mortals possess. <laughs> uh, this is the breakfast sandwich. When our friend Natalie Slater was going through the menu, uh, she was talking about the things that she flat out loves. W- without question, the breakfast sandwich was like top of her list. It's so good. And you've had it. Look at this. Yeah. So there's the seitan si- on there. That's and, tofu, actually. Oh, is it well, tofu? Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's, there's tofu. Oh, there's then both. there's yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, tomato, just a big old bed of spinach. <laughs> on an English muffin. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to eat this, but we're going to give this a, it's a shot. Uh huh. Uh huh. Here we go. This is this is substantial.
1: Yeah.
0: And the the carnivores their breakfast sandwiches don't even come close to this. No.
1: That's a great thing about vegan restaurants now. Nobody that I know that's not a vegan or vegetarian would ever feel like they're missing out. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, oh, this was great, except it's you know it's not real, quote unquote. It's just good, delicious food. Fills you up. Mm-hmm. Nobody was harmed in making
0: it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I was vegetarian. I've, I've mentioned this before, years ago, back in the 1990s. And there were places like Chicago Diner, uh, Blind Faith Cafe. But your options were still pretty limited oh my God. as a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's like, okay, here we are in Grand Avenue and there's Upton's break room. Mm-hmm. Because there's a factory that makes these products that go around the world. I mean, just anywhere you look, you can find vegan food, and it's not the struggle. And for someone like you, who tours and travels, I mean, it, it's it's so different from the '90s when you were doing that. Oh,
1: for sure, for sure. Um, can I mention a, an app that I use? Is yeah. that a, Yeah, there's an app called Happy Cow. It's a lifesaver. I mean, you can go anywhere, anytime, and get you know at least something to eat, no matter where you are. And you're a vegan nowadays in the U.S. But Happy Cow is great. You just put in. Um, well you don't even have to It just detects where you are And it tells you within whatever mile radius What options there are for Dedicated vegetarian or vegan restaurants It's awesome So whenever we tour we use that
0: and I want to talk more about your travels And your DJ work uh, I also want to show off <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh this looks great it's so good. This is the Bacon yeah. Mac Behold great. the Upton's Bacon Mac
1: <laughs> So if you think vegans eat only this It's not true <laughs> We do eat this too <laughs>
0: It smells really good. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Scary Lady Sarah. We're going to stop the Facebook Live, and we're going to thank people for watching. Uh, we're going to feverishly eat just to, just so we can enjoy this food. Uh, we're going to keep the interview going. The interview will be on KirklandCarney.com, and your favorite uh, pod catcher on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, etc. Uh, tune in. Uh, the next thing for those watching on Facebook Live, Nocturne of uh, the Valentine's event.
1: Yep, it's on Saturday, February 16th at Metro. There's an early show at Metro, so we're opening a little later. We're opening at 11.45 p.m. We go till 5 a.m., and like I always say, we dance until dawn. It's awesome. It's $10 to get in. It's $18 plus. Um, We encourage people to wear red and black for the Valentine's theme. It's our new loves and broken hearts ball that we do every year. Um, There's dancing all night long, of course. Then we also have our secret post office Valentine game, which is really fun and funny. We have the awesome Glitter Guts live photo booth. So all night long, you can just go and it's free. Well, I pay for it, but it's free to you. Um, take your picture and they'll put it up online, make you internet famous. Um, we have some, we have really cool vendors, and we're doing a bunch of giveaways throughout the night. So yeah, it's a it's a big party, and everyone is generally like just digging it. All
0: right, so that's the sixteenth, the Nocturna uh, Bro- Broken Hearts Valentine's Ball. Wait, yeah. what is it?
1: New loves and broken hearts Valentine's ball.
0: All can be accomplished in the same night. Uh, So go enjoy the music she plays. Go dance and do your thing. Uh, We're going to eat some more vegan food. Thank you for watching on Facebook Live. This Facebook Live is brought to you by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. That's scary lady, Sarah. She's amazing. She's goth AF. I'm wearing a wool sweater. I'm so not goth AF right now. But I like the music. Hey, that's all that counts. That's all that counts. All right. Thank you for watching. All right. So we just shoveled a lot of food in our mouths. Oh, the bacon, mac, and cheese is ridiculous. It, it stick to your ribs food.
1: Absolutely. Anyone who likes mac and cheese, no matter if you're vegan, vegetarian, or eat animals, would love that one.
0: Yeah, Upton's Break Room. This is delightful. It's just west of Damon on Grand Avenue. I mean, it's a tiny little space because it's just it's the break room for, for Upton's. Uh, but the food is fantastic, and they change out what they serve uh, special-wise. I love it. Uh, Sarah, I'm, I'm so glad we ate here tonight.
1: Oh, me too. Great, great choice
0: going back to nocturna we kind of started to talk about when you started being a dj i mean did you have the skill like hey let me put this in context from the what, what i understand club djing to be i've had people say to me before because i've been a radio dj oh hey do you want to spin at this place and i'm like i don't i wouldn't even know how to start doing that and that, that is a skill set that i i know i don't have how did you acquire that
1: um, because I was such a music fanatic, and I really mean fanatic, um, I found most of the alternative and the, you know, underground music on college radio, and I started hanging out at college radio stations, actually. As a teenager, I started going down to WZRD at Northeastern, um, probably was considered a nuisance by the people there since I was a teenager, and they were a little bit older, <laughs> but became friends with uh, quite a few, and became a little bit of a, a I don't know, a, a fixture for, for a while, you know, this is like 80, 1985. And watching that gave me um, the idea that it was something I wanted to do. So DJing in clubs when I started, it was just records, of course, and the occasional cassette, and that was definitely no fun. Sometimes bands would only give you their music on cassette and DJing from a cassette in a club, not something I would recommend.
0: So when you queued up the cassette, did you have to put the pen in, in the uh, in the hole of the cassette and kind of wind <laughs> yeah, it back?
1: Absolutely. Doing that and having it, you know, I had to doing that at home ahead of time. Yeah, it was a, it was a pain. And, um, then, of course, CDs came along and everything was a lot technically easier. And um, since 2010, I've just been using a program called LA, Tractor Pro off of my laptop. It was just because of the ease of doing that and being able to carry my whole music collection rather than, crates and crates of CDs, which is what I used to travel with, which was becoming more and more cumbersome. Um and I'm not the kind of DJ who does a lot of technical stuff. I curate. I find music I like that I think should be played to the right audience and I play it. I don't do I, I think I, I match mood and sound and feel, but I don't do the the fancy stuff that a lot of DJs do. I admire the DJ's skills who can do that well that is not the kind of DJ I am though so I probably have it um on that end of things a lot more easy I think um your personality and what you bring to your club events for the type of things I do is um the most important part
0: so at what point when you started doing Nocturna at what point did you realize oh I I can I can keep doing this this is a this is a thing like the, the community is there for this
1: i don't think i ever realized that that's why when people say to me sometimes oh i'm sorry i missed the last Nocturne, I'm like yeah don't worry i'm I'm not retiring anytime soon i just keep doing it because i love doing it and people keep going um, it absolutely was not a life plan i just knew it was something i loved to do i loved music so much and i wanted to share it and i love the community that i found in the goth subculture and uh definitely wasn't a phase for me because here i am at Age 51, still doing it, still uh, traveling for it, still finding delight and joy and camaraderie and compassion among the people who come out. So, yeah, it was, it, I, I, I guess I f- a career found me more than I found it.
0: I love that. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the goth sub- subculture. There is definitely a visual aesthetic. I mean, above and beyond the darkness of the music, there's a visual aesthetic. I mean, you—I mean—you've got an ankh around your neck. You've got—you've got, you've got the, <laughs> the goth look going. Talk a little bit about the subculture.
1: Sure. Well, if you want to get you know kind of textbook about it, a subculture encompasses so many things, and one of the things that makes up a subculture is the look—the actual visual identification. So it's not just a a music style it is a music style but and you can like goth and not be part of the subculture of course but um I I think that's me yeah absolutely that's that's more people I know than not right now because I do know a a lot of people that were part of the goth scene kind of left you know and there's thank goodness tons and tons of new people coming in and it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful to have Nocturne at Metro because I can do 18 and over club nights. So we have this younger um, generation coming in. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I mean, the look is, gosh, I mean, to me, it's nothing, big, no big deal because I've just been doing it for so long. It shocks me when people are, I don't know, react Um but on the other hand, because of the internet and because so much time has passed, at least in cities, seeing someone that looks, you know, that's dressed the way I am or has different colored hair or you know, elaborate makeup isn't unusual, and that also does not necessarily signify that they're part of the goth scene either. So it's a lot of a lot of mixed up things because of the uh, let's say the, the internet has a lot to do with
0: that. There was a book, or there is a book in the works,
1: right? Because we celebrated 30 years of me doing Nocturna this last, just this past uh, spring. I decided a good way to commemorate that was to publish a book that was almost like a scrapbook and a memorabilia book and memorandums. Um, so I put out a call. To just anyone who's ever gone, really, to, to regulars and people who just maybe went once in a while, over all the thirty-year history, to give me a story. You know, if, if there was, you know, what was your first time like? What are your impressions? What do you think about it? Feel about it? Did Did you have a funny story that happened at Nocturna, or did something of note? And I'm combining the stories that I collected with the thirty years of flyers that I have, um, yeah, and photographs as well. So it's
0: there's no hey, did you did you take a lot of photographs? I mean, because pre-cell phone, yeah. I mean, did you do you have a lot of pictures from back in the day, so to speak?
1: I have a decent amount, but yeah, nothing like now. I mean, I I didn't start. I got I only got an iPhone a couple of years ago, but um, I was a crazy Polaroid picture taker, so I've got hundreds of Polaroids from that time too. Yeah, so there's a fair amount, and and I did put out a call for people to submit photos if they had. So combining all that. and um, The book is called, well, will be called 30 Years of Nights. Um, it was delayed because of whatever things that delay things. So it's going to come out definitely a little bit later than we planned. So if there are people who've been in Nocturna and still would like to contribute, um, feel free to send me a message on Facebook or any of the other social media and uh, we'll see about including it.
0: Very cool. We talked about you as a curator and I, I think that is such an important role as a music fan, identifying those people who can help turn you on to stuff. I mean, in, in my better days on the radio, I like to think I was doing the same thing and it's it, it's a wonderful, it, it's, it's thrilling as a music fan to be able to share music. So the question is, who curates for the curator? Where do you discover stuff?
1: Right. Oh gosh, Bandcamp is really helpful. Um, I also just voraciously read music blogs. I got so many uh, <laughs> It's kind of hard to just pull one out really because I, I' mean so many. Um, I look at the bands that I like already and I see who they like and usually there's a pretty good indication. I'm always keeping my ear out and eyes open. I read other DJ's playlists too. I post all my playlists online and I also follow the DJs that I whose tastes I admire. You know, and if even if I find you know just a few bands that I haven't heard of, that's great because then that adds up. Um, I also this is
0: really a full-time job. I mean, no kidding. No, the, the discovering and playing of music for yeah. you.
1: Yeah, like I said, I may I may DJ you know five six times a month, but the rest of my time is kind of spent preparing for those things and for the future, and then I do other kind of goth scene related events that aren't club nights too. Um, and I try and bring music into those for people in the scene. Like I run the Chicago Gothic meetup group, and we have actual physical meetups. And I kind of try and turn people on to, to new bands in person. I think when you only read things online, it can get a little overwhelming and, and just uh, things blur. And it's one of those things you can't really sum it up in a sentence or two and that's the eternal online (laughs) war question what is goth and what is not goth so and so is so and so isn't It's like you know certain things definitely aren't but some things might have less of an obvious connection but there is still something there and if enough goths like it it's pretty safe to say that you know it's at least got the stamp of approval
0: and as someone who plays and admires music, I guess it only makes sense that you make your own music. Let's talk a little bit about Bell- Bellwether Syndicate.
1: Yeah, that's a new thing in my life. It, um, the Bellwether Syndicate is a band that I play um, rhythm guitar in, and I sing a little bit more on the new album, which is really cool frightening to me because I've never done that before um, but my husband William Faith is a veteran musician he's been in we always joke he's been in more goth bands than not I mean any of the big his own band that got a lot of um, praise in the 90s was 90s and 2000s was Faith in the Muse but he's been in I don't know if she will say a few, I mean, Mephisto Waltz um, for many years and Shadow Project with Roz Williams and one version of Christian Death with Roz Williams. And he's the March Violets and, oh my gosh, Sex Gang Children, on and on and on and on and on. Um, he recently, well, our band toured with Clan of Zymox and he got to be their guitar player for more than half the tour. So he, and he's also the American Uh, lead guitarist in the UK anarcho-punk band Conflict. They have a British band and they have (laughs) the American band, but the singer goes back and forth. So he, being such an accomplished accomplished musician, um, was the perfect person to teach me how to play guitar. I'm I'm still learning. I will never say I...
0: Oh, wait, you didn't know how to play guitar before...
1: I, I started learning guitar at just a few years ago yeah yeah very new I really wish I had learned as a child let me tell you it's a whole new respect beyond the respect I already had for from musicians because it is physically so bloody challenging yeah Yeah. my hands hurt today because of I'm learning bar chords yay (laughs) yeah I got calluses and all (laughs) kinds of yeah I can't keep my fingernails long anymore but yeah it's it's So much fun. I love it. I'm really excited about the the new album that we're putting out later. Actually, this spring, so not too much longer.
0: That was my big question about Bellwether Syndicate. I've heard Republic. I love Republic. I've played Republic. uh, On the air and off the air, uh, repeatedly. (laughs) I I, want to hear what's next.
1: Yeah, well, we're putting out a 10-song album. Um, So far, we've only got the EP out, which is gosh 2012 or 13 that was the first thing when we were brand new and our single republic just came out um in october and the other nine songs will be kind of in that vein um yeah we're we're, i mean we're not a goth band, but we're made up of goths (laughs) but i don't think when i hear the music too just listening to it as a dj not as someone in the band i wouldn't say it's just It's goth. It's something that goths would like, Mm -hmm. for sure. But it's it's uh, post punk, indie rock, post punk. I think, yeah, yeah. It's a little hard to put my finger on. And it it's funny because while that's challenging as to my DJ side, I like it as someone playing it because you don't. I think one of the worst things is to tell a band oh you sound just like so and so because you know who wants to sound exactly like somebody else if it takes four or five bands or more to describe to someone who's never heard it that's a good sign i think that's what's happening with the bellwether syndicate so far anyway
0: i love it okay dj scary lady sarah uh nocturna on the 16th at metro Uh, it's the valentine's thing black rose is optional
1: Black roses are optional, but encouraged. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you've been doing this for a long time. There's a reason why people are flying you to DJ events all over the globe. Uh, really cool. And what's what I love about talking to you and, and learning more about you, you're a fan of music first, as I would absolutely. expect. But, I mean, it, it really comes down to you're a music fan who just found a way to be a music fan and <laughs> turn it into a hustle. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm very lucky that uh, I've had... Well, I don't know. If, lucky, but also I, I work hard for sure. it. So I don't want to diminish that too because there's a lot of people who say you're so lucky you get to be a DJ. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't why. exactly get to be a DJ. Uh-huh. I, I work to be a DJ. Um, but absolutely number one music. Yeah, Love above it. all.
0: All right, thank you so much for doing this. Was this fun?
1: It was a ball. I thank you so much for thinking of me. And I, you know, I hope if anybody is interested in this kind of music, come check out what I do.
0: You are the curator. All right, this is Cara carney That's scary. DJ Scary Lady Sarah. Uh carney presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. I do want to thank once more our friends at Upton's Break Room for a really killer vegan dinner. We'll be back. Uh, thank you for listening.
1: Thank you very much, James.